SoWin TV presents. SoWin TV presents. So he sold me to a drug dealer for six hundred dollars. I'll never forget the transaction. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another show of our podcast, Bullseye Nuclear, Unapologetic Truth. Today, we have a wonderful guest with us. Her name is Carmen Burgess, and she is here to talk about her why, her story of what led her to her position and her place now at Empowered to Change International that empowers the broken to heal, the voiceless to speak, and communities to come together. I am Michelle Snyder, and welcome. Carmen, I am so Hi. happy to see you. I'm happy to see you. It is an honor to be here. Thank you. I love this space that we provide so that mm -hmm. people can really hear your heart. They want to... Um, I want to hear your story and I am so grateful that you're willing and courageous to just come on here and just share what you do, why you do and what led you up to this point. So um, I know that we are doing a segment on addiction, families and addiction, also mm -hmm. topics that we are discussing this month, shame. And we can all write our own stories on that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I would like to just turn it over to you and just hear about Carmen, hear about your life. And really just when did you notice that addiction um, set up camp in your life? Um, immediately. Um, okay. <laughs> I was about 13. And I never... Um, I never was involved with like smoking pot much or re really drinking much. I, like, I didn't segue into anything. I immediately, almost at 13, started hard drugs. Um, I met a, a man, actually, he was about 19 and introduced me to Oxycontin. Um, so I started off snorting and then IV quickly after. At 13. Started IV probably about 14, 15. So when you met this 19 year old, mm -hmm. and I hope that uh, there's a lot of parents listening here today. Mm -hmm. um, were you in middle school? I was seventh grade. Middle school. Seventh grade, eighth grade. Yeah. And where did you meet this 19 year old? At just a, a get together at a friend's house. Um, and he was there and he was actually the one bringing drugs. So would you say, in hindsight, would you say he was, he was absolutely a predator? Absolutely a predator. Absolutely and a predator. And you were at a friend's house. Yes. And I had no idea. And you immediately just dove in the deep end. It was the cool thing. It was what was in. It was what made me feel accepted. Okay. So your very first drug was not weed i had i think experimented okay. once maybe twice but it was primarily immediate addiction to oxycontin and how how did you 
if you don't mind me asking it, listen, if you mind me asking, you I can know. just say next question, but I have not heard your story before. Mm -hmm. So at, as a 13 year old in seventh grade, mm -hmm. and I remember being in seventh grade and yep. you, I didn't know who I was and yep. peer pressure and, you know, just a lot of stuff to work through. Yeah. So I, um, at 13, he, he was the one providing me drugs at that point. Mm -hmm. Once I became 14, I, st I got a job right away because I knew that I had to feed that addiction. So was this a boyfriend now? Yes. And he became a boyfriend. Yeah. Did he live on his own? I mean, 19 years old? He lived in a house with roommates, friends. Okay. It was like a drug kind of crash pad type of deal. Okay. Yeah. So um, mm -hmm. we partied there started working at 14 to fuel my like growing rapidly growing addiction did he ever turn that on you and say listen i've supplied you with all of these mm -hmm. drugs yes and now it's your turn to pay up well and that's when we, you know i started having sex with him feeling like i owed him okay i owed him so yeah. so that's what started that so before mm -hmm. we go on i I would like to know, is there anything that you would like to share with the parents? Any mm -hmm. Anything to look for? Right. Like, okay, parents of middle school yes. kids, and can I say parents that would automatically go, well, that's not my child. Mm. That's not my <laughs> child. Because I did some things in in middle school where my mom and dad never had a clue. Yeah, yeah. Would never, ha um, until I told them like later in life. Yeah, and, I, and I'll briefly about my mom. She worked very hard, single mother, mm -hmm. worked extremely hard. She did the best she could yes. in raising my sister yes. and I. Um, but with addiction comes being very, very manipulative and sneaky. Mm -hmm. So I was good really young at, at hiding and lying and all of the, the things that come with um, substance abuse Mm -hmm. um, so would you have parents that are listening? What would you tell them about their middle schooler and to look at or to uh, follow up and not just believe everything that they say? Yeah. As would, in they're not always spending the night at so-and-so's house right. or. Yeah. Um, relationships with the parents of their friends is important. Okay. You know, um, my daughter has friends and my daughter's that age now. So I'm like hyper aware. Sure. Um, engaging with her friend's parents um searching her phone knowing Ooh. knowing what's going on on her phone social so media all the things you know yes so, so i don't want to go on a rabbit trail but you you just pressed in on something mm -hmm. because there are young people kids mm -hmm that say that's their business their mm -hmm. phone is their business no what do you say they to that they don't pay that bill they are not of age to make adult decisions mm -hmm. they are not adults they are children and they don't know what to look for they don't know no who idea. the predators even are right yeah they're unaware you what know would... just like i was completely unaware of what they're getting into what they're walking into okay so what so. would you say to those parents that say, well, I trust my child and I'm not going to violate their privacy. They're my friend. Mm. What would you, what they're would your you child say? first? They're your child first and you're the parent. It's your responsibility to be their parent. Mm. That's good because that protects them. It, it's for their protection, for their safety, for their well-being. Um, 
So, okay. Thank you for that. Um, moving on to this boyfriend how many years uh not years, years. not and it, not not a lot of years because it was super toxic very unhealthy he was sleeping with other women like other women other, other girls, girls <laughs> um other girls around my age you know and i was finding out this but i was also a party girl too so it was just very unhealthy very um it wasn't a actual stable relationship. Okay. Um, hmm. But there were a lot of those unstable relationships with men. And by now you're snorting or you're Snood snorting. I'm shooting up. Okay. Um, by fourteen. By yeah, about fourteen. What is about when alcohol? It started. I would drink. Um, I was a social drinker, but I was also a blackout drinker. Um, okay. So I would drink and I would blackout. I didn't like that feeling. Um, of waking up in the morning and not knowing what happened to me like okay. you know so I didn't it wasn't often but it did happen okay so what happened then I mean you did you graduate high school um I dropped out of high school about five months before my graduation my addiction was completely all-consuming okay and I turned 18 and I made the decision the adult wise decision <laughs> to drop out because i felt like i didn't need that i'll just get my ged instead okay. so that's what i did i got my ged mm -hmm. i don't even know how i passed i was so intoxicated taking my ged but i did okay so so tell me what what happened after this because i know mm. that I mean, did you ever run away from home? Did you move out? Did yes. you just decide to stay? No. What does um, that look like? My mother became very aware um, of my drug use and I was asked to leave the home because it was completely out of control. Okay. Shooting up, she was finding track marks on my arms. I was always wrecking my car. I was far gone. Mm -hmm. So I left my home she asked me to leave the home, but she probably would have let me stay. But at that point, I was like, fine, I'll go, you mm -hmm. know, because I kind of knew better. And um, listen, I, I have no, um, there's no judgment here. Right. This is judgment-free zone. But as a parent, mm -hmm. I can certainly relate and agree yeah. that you can't have that yeah. type of behavior. Well, there was no trust. Right. I had lost all trust mm -hmm. um, with my family. So um, drug use escalated. I also started getting involved in cocaine and smoking crack. Okay. So um, I had been in and out of detoxes. I Like a revolving door, they kind of knew when I walked in, oh, it's Carmen. You know, they kind of first name basis. Carmen's back. Okay. Wonder how long she'll stay this time. Um, and during one of my stays and detox it was usually like five days i would make it and um i met a man who was a much older man he was about 53 and i was 21. all right so 30 years older than you mm -hmm. he was a retired surgeon and had a lot of money he also had a uh crack addiction okay so i left with him hmm. were you um already in the judicial system by this time or not, not yet? yet not yet not yet mm -mm. so you looked at him 
how did you look at him? Like he, I don't want to put words in your uh -huh. mouth. I looked at him like a target. Like he was going to fuel and feed my drug addiction and okay. I was just going to live the party girl lifestyle. Okay. So I thought that was a great idea. So what happened with that? So he lived in Fort Lauderdale. So we got in his car. He had a Porsche, you know, all the nice things got in his car. He took me to Fort Lauderdale. And you really, you didn't know him really no. at this time. No. You just thought that would be the best option. Thought it was a great idea. Okay. So I stayed with him in his home. Um, there, When I walked into the home, there were six other girls there also living there. Um, at that point, I think my mom had put a missing persons report out for me. Okay. Um, trying to find me. So I had been at this house for a couple months. He took me on a date one night. Um, I was sleeping with him. I was sleeping with uh, drug dealers to fuel my addiction. Okay. I was prostituting at that point um, just to fuel that. I wasn't so much using the oxys anymore because crack cocaine kind of took over. Okay. Um, and it was all ruler and had all control over me. Um, so he sold me to a drug dealer. That night he took me on a date and he sold me to a man for $600. I'll never forget the transaction and left me there. It, to a man you did not know? No idea. First time meeting him. And who was this man? You want full name? Because I'll give it. I don't no, care. I don't want the full. But I, I, I do, but I don't. Right. Um, we'll talk later. Yeah, we'll talk later. Um, but yes, just and an older old, man. He was, was about he? 50 also. Another 50-something? 50 50, yeah, they had like a, a crew of them. They were all friends and had girls in their houses. So let me ask you, because I, I don't want to assume that I know, but... Mm -hmm. The guy that sold you mm -hmm. to another 50-year-old, um, did he have a family? Was he married? Did Was he? No. Single white male. Okay. He also had about eight girls in his house. That he that owned? He, that were there for a reason. They okay. were there. They were being paid um, for sex. They were being sold off for sex. Um they so, were being trafficked. So you knew that night when that transaction happened mm -hmm. that you were sold. Yes. You were not asked if you were okay with it. I wasn't asked if I was okay with it. It wasn't I, a question. It feels like a stupid question that right. I just asked, but I just don't. It wasn't a question that was asked to me. I think that it was assumed because I was already prostituting. Okay. That I was already prostituting. You deserved it or nobody really checked with you. Nope. Nope. It was that and then hey i'm leaving you here and i was actually so out of my mind I w it was insanity i was okay with it fine okay. because i believed that he would actually come back and get me okay um so i stayed in the house with this man this man was extremely violent mm. um he would get high and burn me with the end of his crack pipe all down my backside. Mm, I have goodness. burn marks, scars, you know, things he would beat me and the other women when we started to rebel or started to speak against what he was doing. Were you free to leave? There was a couple times where I did reach out and try to call my mom and it was like hair pull drag me back. Okay. Um, so my mom had purchased a bus ticket and it was like an open-ended, just whenever you show up, you can use this type of bus Ooh, ticket. That's smart. At a Greyhound. Okay. 
So one day I got away. Uh, I was barefoot. Um, I just, I had just had it. Um, I was terrified. I hadn't slept. I hadn't eaten. It had, it was, it was pretty bad. Um, I got away and hitched a ride to the Greyhound station, got on a bus and went home to my mom. Wow. I didn't, barefoot. Barefoot. Didn't have okay. any clothes. I didn't have a toothbrush. I didn't, nothing. I just mm -hmm. left. Okay. My mom found me. She got me at the Greyhound and uh, my hair was completely matted into one big mat. My head had to be completely shaved. Um, mm. I had burns that were infected all over me. It was looking back what I put that woman through mm. and myself. Did did these guys ever get caught? The, because I've researched. Okay. Um, the 53-year-old who took me from detox is deceased. They found him in a crack house dead. Okay. Um, the other man I have not been able to locate. The 50-year-old that I got away from. Okay. So. Interesting. So what happened next? Like, is that when the healing began or just? Seeds were planted because while I was in Fort Lauderdale with these men, I okay. had caught a um, possession of cocaine and possession of paraphernalia charge. Was that your first charge? Yes. Okay. It's not on my record um, because when I got away and got to my mother's house, I was uh, offered a year of drug court in in Flagler County where I lived and I successfully completed a year of drug court and that charge was expunged from my record okay I do not know how I completed that year of drug court don't know okay but while I was in these classes I met um the father of my children hmm. I had no hair I don't even know how that happened um because I was coming out of I think I was still dazed from everything and i met this man he's now the father of my children okay so um so another struggle right toxic relationship mm -hmm. because you were not in a I place was, of healing no yet nope and i was on drug court i was still using cocaine i was finding ways to maneuver around still lying um i started drinking with him a little bit mm -hmm. so um and then I got pregnant. So I decided that while I was pregnant, I wanted to do what I thought was best. I got on methadone. Okay. Got on methadone because I'm like, oh, that's a safety net. That's going to be great. It's going to save me. Baby will be okay. And there started like a whole nother monkey on my back thing that I was enslaved to um, situation. So that was – would we're we're coming into so many topics that i just go oh i just want to do a whole nother i'll be show here. on methadone i'll be right? here as long right? <laughs> because i i there's so many things mm -hmm. that people truly are fed they think oh this is going to help but then there's people on methadone for years and years and years mm -hmm. and they are giving birth to babies that are addicted to methadone yeah so i was on methadone for a long time i can't tell you exact times okay. because that's a little blurry okay a little blurry so how was your your um child when you had the baby thank god thank god um i've i actually had three children okay back to back they're all like a year apart okay um and they none of them went through withdrawals 
The babies were all healthy. The That's babies awesome. all came home from the hospital. Um, but that's a miracle. Mm -hmm. That's not normal, the norm. There yeah. usually is withdrawal, detox, disformities, things that happen that are so unfortunate and I didn't wow. realize at the time wow. how, how blessed I was. Okay. So um, once I had had my children, uh, drug use escalated because then I wasn't pregnant. I wasn't on drug court and party girl kicked back in again. Um, and DCF was called quickly on me. Okay. I had, I didn't, Coral always talks about the shutoff switch. I didn't have one of those. Okay. It was like, I'm going to try to die every day. Really? Yes. I had no cutoff. And you, you wanted to, is that what you're saying? Cause I, I don't know that I wanted to, I don't think I cared either way. You didn't carry the way. There wasn't, it. yeah, it was just do as much as frequently as possible. Okay. Without regard for anybody else. So what breaks that cycle? Hmm. So my children were removed from my custody. Did that wake you up? No. Okay. It was, um, it got worse before it got better. Okay. It did not wake me up. I got back mm -hmm. with the same 19 year old guy that I met when I was 15. Who is we reconnected by this time. Because at that time I was about 26, 27. And he was then 31. 32, I don't know. Yeah, 32. Like yeah, up mm -hmm. there. Um, and he was getting high still, had not changed one bit, neither had I. And um, he was burglarizing houses. Oh. It was a highly abusive relationship. He was extremely abusive. I had to call and say goodbye to my family a couple times because I didn't think I was going to make it. And you couldn't get out? I, I didn't or have the, the will. Drugs? I didn't have the will to fight. Mm-hmm. And wouldn't you say, just real quick, when you are in that type of addiction, mm -hmm. you you cognitively know you need to get out. Yep. You can't get out. Yep. People don't understand that. No. You're in no. a place where your body is screaming for a substance. You don't, where are you going to go? Yeah. Your kids have already been taken. Right. I had nothing so, left to live for right. at that point. And that's some of the things that I, my heart's desire is that our listeners will understand that there's such a kind of a stereotype against people with addiction yeah. when they don't realize no. the addiction is not the root. No. The addiction is the trauma. Yeah. And, you know, it stems from the trauma yeah. and the being trafficked, being yeah. sold. Um, all of these things that are just kind of wrapping up in a mind melt. Yeah. Yeah. With violent relationships that you can't get out of no and you're stuck you're mentally stuck it's right. not even physically because i could walk out the door right but mentally i was stuck and and when you are stuck mentally that is where i hear people go well she could have just left well that's just an addict and that is where we we aim to change the face yeah of addiction and change the face of what is happening in our communities yes. because that mental that mental um devastation yeah. that says i have no hope yep that's real yep it is absolutely real and okay. it's everywhere yeah 
So I can kind of see where this is going right. with the burglaries. Burglaries. Um, the gentleman that I was with at the time. You're so cute. I'm, you, see, I'm trying. I would be like the scumbag you were with at the other time, but you're so sweet. I'm really working on that. Yeah, you're <laughs> The gentleman I was with at the time mm -hmm. was burglarizing residences. And dragging me by my hair to drive him to them Yikes. so that I could drive him away. He could Yikes. get away faster. So right. I was the getaway driver. I was surveillance. Right, and you um, had a choice. You could either get your butt whooped oh, or I, you be the getaway driver and continue with your job. I was getting drugs. it whooped either way, but it was less severe if I would go along with. Wow. It, my, I had two black eyes in my mugshot. Mm. So they ended up catching us. Um, thank God. <laughs> I fell asleep in the back of the cop car. I was at peace. Wow, Carmen. You know something? You are so incredible. Thanks. And I mean that. Um, and I also, in the line of work that we do, mm. and and in the fight against human trafficking, yeah. we have many circles, right? Mm -hmm. And just to segue, I have to say this because it's so important that we understand when in some of the circles of, of fighting against human trafficking, there's this, oh, we don't want an incarceration. You know what? Nobody wants victims to be incarcerated. However, I have talked to a half a dozen victims mm -hmm. in the last few months, and you that are a survivor of what you went through yep. said, thank God I got arrested and I finally got some peace and some sleep behind the cop behind in the backseat of right. the cop car right it was i could say like giving birth to my children best thing that ever happened to me i could say all these things wow that day getting arrested and finally having peace was that that pivotal moment it was the best thing that ever happened to me wow. i didn't cry in the courtroom i didn't ask for mercy i just laid it all out there okay Okay. And I was sentenced to eight years in prison with six years probation. How did that go? It went well. <laughs> I was so amazing. grateful. That's amazing. I was like, okay, so I'm free. <laughs> I'm free. I don't have to fight anymore. Wow. And you're clean. You're free detoxed. and clean. And you're not getting beat up every day. Not getting beat up every day. I'm not being sexually exploited exploited right. every day. I'm not. Wow. I'm free of those things. Wow. Freedom from freedom while in prison. Yes, but I will say I did get high in prison. There was okay. still a rebellious side. You, okay, so that's another segment. Well, that was a whole I thing. Do you want to talk about <laughs> the corruption and the drugs in prison and There's that will be for another episode. <laughs> right. But I do want to, I'm not trying to stifle you. You no. speak it, girl. You I'll still tell be me, here. I'll still you be tell here. me your story though. <laughs> um, so you're in prison. I'm in prison. I opted for a faith-based program, which I don't think is there anymore. I was going to say, devastating. I didn't know that was an option. They now, is did. that in Florida? Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. Um, they took it away. Why? For the women. I do not know. I think they, it became a men's facility. They needed more housing for men. So they took the women's faith-based program away. Which let's two plus two equals eighteen. It's a whole right? other segment. Who does that? <laughs> so I was baptized 
at Hernando um, okay. Correctional Correction. Institution. That was the faith-based facility that okay. I was at. We had classes all day long, all day. Anger so when you were baptized, you found God? I did. I did. It was, it wasn't a Saul to Paul or, you know, like yeah, it yeah. wasn't an immediate. It's, okay. it, it was a, it was a process for me coming out of that. Um, I still had issues with saying no. Mm-hmm. issues with setting boundaries i still had those things well, i was working through did. and you know i gotta i gotta throw something in mm-hmm. here to our um Christ, can i say christian Please. population yeah. yep that if you just hear what she said you know she still had issues she found god she was Carmen mm-hmm. was baptized. She still had issues of saying no. She still had issues. Well, of course she did. Right. Of course yeah. you did. Yeah. I think there's this thing that people believe it's just an automatic. Like poof. Slate swiped clean. Everything's gone and everything's <laughs> poof, better. You're fine. Right. It, it didn't work like that for me. Mm. It might have I don't for, know for some people. Like I, don't, I don't know. Yeah. But um, it wasn't like that for me. But it was a big old change, big, huge change. That's really awesome. So I had all these plans in prison to go move in with a friend in Orlando, and I was going to do all these things when I got out of prison. When you got out. I woke up one night, and something told me to message your sister. She's on staff at a faith-based recovery program. Wow. And something shifted inside of me, and I knew that that was where I needed to go. I needed to be surrounded by believers. I need to, needed to be surrounded by people that loved me rather than being out free in the world with no guardrails. No, I like that. I needed those guardrails and something mm-hmm. woke me up and told me that. Yeah. And I listened. Yeah. Um, so I got out of prison. Okay. Got out of prison. Um, the time actually flew by. It did not. I did seven years on the eight year sentence. And, and that it, flew by. I think you're the only one that I've ever heard say because that. Because I, I kind of submitted and surrendered to that. So there was peace. Wow. I had a peace. Um, wow. It's kind of unexplainable. Well, and for me, that's the evidence of God changing your life yeah. because only God can do something like that. Right. You yeah. know, only God can give people that hope, that peace, in the middle of, you know, the circumstances, right. whether it's prison, actual prison, or people's own prisons that they have created right. for themselves. Yep. Yeah, I feel like I was actually in prison long before I was incarcerated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know. So, I know that kind of prison. I've never been to actual prison, but, but I know that kind of prison. Yes. Yeah. Yep. So I did have one relapse after okay. I got out. Um, fentanyl had become a thing. Yeah. It it wasn't before I went in, so I really had no idea. Okay. I had heard the name. I had never done it, didn't know what it was all about. Uh there was a friend friend. Right. I use Love that term, those friends. Lo- I use that very loosely. Yeah. Um that I knew from prison that was like, Hey, come hang out with me. It's good to see we can see each other on the outside. Wow. And something in me hmm. I went. And I shot up fentanyl. Just one out time, of the blue. One time. Did that drop you? It dropped me. 
It dropped people me. People are dying. There were people walking over my body when I finally came to in this terrible motel room. I called my sister. I called one woman who I trusted that had been there with me since I got out. And they came and got me. And I have not used since. So when you say you dropped, did you, you dropped? So when you came to, mm-hmm, I was on you the were floor. very lucky that you did not die because right. no one was helping you. No. They were walking over me like it was completely normal. So you called and they came and got you and you never touched it again. Never. It's been three years. That's awesome. It's been three years. I have no desire. I'm actually, (laughs) um, I'm angry with it now, if we can be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Because it is horrific and it's killing people. And it almost killed me. Yes. And you know something, but you bring such, so many good points here in the way of you can you can be fully interacting with god Mm -hmm. with realizing that he is currently changing your life right and still have this something in the back of your head or you you didn't wake up that morning and say i think i'll relapse Mm -hmm. and almost die on fentanyl yeah so it's like didn't see that coming nope Right. I I was scheduled to work my job that day. Okay. And just instead of going on the bus to work, I went on the bus to this hotel room. And I don't even know what happened, but the enemy is very cunning. Mm. Yeah. You're speaking and spiritual that's enemy. That's what happened. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yes, I am. Yeah. And that's exactly what happened. And it just happened like that. Just By the like way, that. I'm grateful for that too. The fentanyl over- yes. overdose, we'll call it. Okay. Um. I'm grateful for that. It opened my eyes to a world that I was not familiar with. All right. I'm grateful that I lived through it to kind of tell the tale. Hmm. Um, so okay. I feel like none of that was, none of any of it was in vain. Because I, I would agree that God just uses everything, good, mm-hmm. bad, ugly, yeah. to form how you got to where you got mm-hmm. to. It's so bad, bad English, mm-hmm. <laughs> how you got here. Right. So I have relationships with my children now. Wow. I have a, I am married two years um, to That's a awesome. wonderful man, um, wonderful relationships with my family, driver's license back and a car. And I am honored to be an employee here at Empowered to Change. Speaking to people everyday women that were that are where you used to be right yeah and that's huge it's beautiful yeah it is beautiful to be a part of that journey for them with Mm -hmm. them you know yes um i never in a million years believed that 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 could be me or would be me you know Mm -hmm. but god wow that's just amazing and I love your story and I love that your story is continuing. It's uh-huh. just not even over. Nope. You know? Nope. Every day. It's continual. Mm-hmm. And you know, there's so many things. Over the years I hear so many things about safe housing, safe mm-hmm. housing programs, about empowered to change. Um what do you say to anybody that says, Well, I don't that I don't want to go down a faith-based road. I don't want to go there. Yeah. 
I mean, how you know what has healed you, you know right. what has changed your life, but right. we also honor the choice. Yes. Right? Yes. yes. We have to respect people and love people where they're at because there was a point in time that I was not receptive either. Mm -hmm. There was a point in time in my life where you could not say the word God around me. Mm -hmm. And we, we just in case listeners are wondering, mm -hmm. we honor that we respect Absolutely. that there's yes. no ulterior motive. No. Nope. There's no hidden agenda. Nope. It's just, we love people. We want them so badly yes. to know what we know, mm -hmm. how life is without the drugs, right. without the violence, without the toxic relationships yep. and without the vulnerabilities of getting caught up in um a predator right yeah sinking their their hooks in and and selling people off right which is absolutely yeah. happening here in the tampa bay area everywhere everywhere it is yes. really yeah so we love people right yes. where they're at right where they're at yep and we give them a safe space yeah. and they get to decide which road they want to walk down yep yep and I've sense. seen the transition happen, and it's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. People coming in saying, nope, can't talk about that, not doing that. Mm -hmm. Months later going, getting mm -hmm. getting saved at church, you know? Wow, so whatever I've, shirts are going right, to. Right, like wherever that is. But I've seen it happen, and it's beautiful. Very cool. But loving on people where they're at is what gets them there. That's the yes. vehicle, you know? Yes, so. definitely. And also the understanding that we might just be a part of their journey and it might be a longer road. Right. You know? Yep. yep. I thank you for telling your story. Um, there's so much here. And I'm hoping that parents are listening. I'm yes, hoping that middle do. schoolers are listening. We make this available for children, mm -hmm. which is why we don't and don't have the ability to, I guess, put people's comments there yeah. um, on our YouTube channel because we want kids mm -hmm. to tune in. We want kids to listen to people's stories right. so that you don't have to go down that road. No. And so that parents can be very, um, vigilant and where their kids right. are staying yeah. the night at yes. right and yeah. what who their friends are yep yeah great well is there anything else that you want to say before we close because i hope that um people that have heard your story will just receive such hope yeah, I don't really have anything else. Okay. I'm just, I am extremely blessed and honored to be here and a part of this team and a part of this journey with everybody. Thank you. I really am. I am honored and blessed and thank you so much. Of course. Until next time, guys, take care. Coming soon at the Central Park Performing Arts Center in Largo, Florida, the first annual Solwyn Women's Conference. Hear 20 plus inspiring speakers that will transform you, shift you into your divine path. Mark your calendars, ladies, June 21st to the 23rd. Three full days of fellowship, worship, 
encouragement, and supporting local female business owners. When your soul prospers, so will your health, your finances, and your relationships. I need a lot of time trying to figure it out. You're stronger than you think. God wants us to walk in freedom. He wants us to understand the blessing. It's time to be healed in your soul, know your true worth, and be all you were beautifully and wonderfully made to be. Purchase your tickets now for this life-changing event at www.soulwindconference.com. Are you feeling broken or lost? Are you struggling to find a community of like-minded women? Come join us on Soulwin, Shining Our Light Women's Inspiration Network. Soulwin women have come out victoriously from their dark places and now use their God-given gifts to shine their light to the whole world. Get your free 30-day trial today. Go to www.soulwin.tv to subscribe now.